in our series, Everybody is Somebody in the Body of Christ. And so turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 4. If you need a worship guide in the building, on the balcony, raise your hand. If you need a worship guide, if you don't have one, great. All right, we got a few. Keep it up. And these great gentlemen will get you one uh, just as soon as they see your hand. So keep it up until you get one. And while they're doing that, <clears throat> I'm going to just remind you that we <clears throat> are in a series of messages. And if you've missed any of these messages, we, uh, we encourage you to go to our website or our podcast and listen to the previous two messages. It's each one of these flows right into the other. <clears throat> now this week, it'll be even more important for you to, to, to listen this, this morning and then to come back next Sunday because this is part one of, of a two-part sermon, all right? So within the sermon series, we've we got a two-part sermon, all right? So sermon number three is part one, part two. That's today, all right? So we're excited. We are here this morning uh, to talk about spiritual gifts. Have you ever noticed, have you ever received a gift that you had all along, but you didn't know you had it? Think about that. Have you ever received a gift that you had all along? But you didn't know you had it. I uh, Yesterday, <clears throat> well, actually, I'll go back to Christmas. I, I opened my Christmas card for my family. And it was, uh, it said, you know, dear sweetheart. And that was my wife calling me sweetheart. My children do not call me sweetheart. <clears throat> dear sweetheart, dear dad, your gift is the black sports coat that you've been wanting. And I'm wearing it this morning. But listen, now, wait a minute. So I got that card, and I thought, well, praise the Lord. I'm going to get the sports coat that I have been wanting. That's all I wanted. I like to wear these suits separate, you know, where you get a different color pants and a different color sports jacket, and you have to wear a suit, you know. I like this look, so I'm I'm like, I need a black sports jacket. And so that's what I got. And I wanted a particular one at at Brooks Brothers. You know what I'm talking about? Brooks Brothers, half off, and then you get 12 pair of pants if you buy one jacket. You know what I'm talking about, you know. It sounds so good, then you get there, and you're like, Oh, this wasn't as good as it sounded, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> but so I wanted this particular jacket. So I got my card, right? And it said I'm going to get it. But I never got it. And so a week went by, and two weeks, and so I forgot. I mean, I didn't mention it because I forgot it. But last night, at about nine thirty, Josiah walked into the house, and he had with him something that looked like a sports jacket. And I'm sitting there watching. LeBron James get beat, and uh, <clears throat> and that's sad. And uh, anyway, and 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 Joe, well, I said, Joe, what, what do you got there? He's smiling. He says, oh, Dad, this is it's your gift. And I'm like, that's that's the gift that I had that I forgot I had. I got a gift a month after I got it, but I forgot I had it. But here it is, and I am wearing. My gift this morning in front of all of you so you can enjoy. Okay. And uh, I am convinced that the majority of people sitting in this room have a gift that you've always had, but you've just never known you had it. And so the purpose of this sermon series, and who would have ever thought that we could take and, and, and put one thought in Scripture in, into so many messages? And yet we find this incredible gift is something that that is spoken of often in the New Testament. We find in Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, all throughout the New Testament there is mention of a gift that's been given to us by the grace of God. And so look at Ephesians 4 and look at verse number 7. I'm speaking to everybody and I'll prove it to you. Look at Ephesians 4 verse 7. But... Unto everyone. Now, is anybody excluded so far? I mean, to me, everyone means everyone. Everybody sitting in this room is included in this verse. And it doesn't say, but unto this certain person, or these certain people, or this race, or this group. No, no, no. It's everyone. So, so far, we're, we're, we're good. We're, we're, there's nobody excluded. Every one of us is given grace. That word grace is the Greek word for charis, charis, grace, charis. Charis is the, where we get our word charismatic from, a charisma. 
we are all, let me astonish you this morning, we're all a bunch of charismatics. <laughs> Listen, I'm not talking about some movement or some denomination. I'm talking about a grace gift, a charismatic gift, a gift that God has given to every one of us, has been given a, a grace according to the measure of the gift. There's the word. The gift. You are gifted. And so what I want to talk to you about as we introduce this part one of this, of this two-part sermon in this series that I don't know how long will go, is I want to introduce to you the first two thoughts. Number one being, how are these, these gifts given? Who, who gives these gifts? Who is the one who delivers the gifts? I know at Christmas we have fun sometimes with Santa Claus, uh, you know, and, and we know, you know, at some point we are awakened to, to the fact that, wait a minute, these gifts are really given by mom and dad. But there's a moment, sorry, uh, I'm, I'm going to get some emails this week on that too. You know, I can't believe my kid really believed it. Okay, sorry. And, uh, but there is a, there is, there are gifts that are given where they're delivered by someone else. Someone in this room is, my kids delivered a gift last night. They, Joe walked into the room and delivered my gift. But who delivers this grace gift? Who delivers the supernatural gift that all of us, according to Scripture, have? Look at verse number 7 and we'll find out. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So how is this gift delivered? Christ delivers this gift. And so none of us here in this room can insult God by saying something like this. And I've heard it before. Well, I just don't think God could use me. That's an insult. God can use everyone in this room. And God has a great plan for your life. And that plan includes you operating in this unique, spiritual, supernatural gift that God has delivered to you. Therefore, in our church, there can be no superiority and there can be no inferiority. In other words, there is no one better than someone else. Some gifts are more noticeable than others and easier to be thankful for. This week, uh, Vince walked up to me this morning, uh, Vince Russo, who plays the electric guitar, and he said, thank you, pastor, for the note that you sent to me this week, thanking me for playing in the, in the, on the worship team. And I did write a note to the worship team this week. I did. I wrote a note to all of them. Because they blessed me last week. They blessed me this week. But they're not going to get a note this week. Because I wrote a note last week. I thanked them. I, I wrote one to everybody. But I didn't write a note to the lady that changed the diapers in the nursery. Probably should have, huh? I probably should have. That's, 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 a, that's a kind of a dirty job, isn't it? But you know what? There are people in our church that have the gift of diaper changing. And, and sometimes we laugh at that, but let me tell you something. That is as important and spe- God loves children. And God wants children who come to church to be care, cared for by people who love children and who have a special gift to, to, to care for children and to, and to keep children uh, specially cared for while maybe a guest or a parent attends a service to hear the gospel. Listen to me. Everybody is given a gift that's important to God and to the church. And there are no more important gifts than there are others. We've all been given this grace gift. So what is this grace gift? It is defined as a God-given ability for service and ministry. God-given. God gives this gift for service. God gives this gift for ministry. This gift goes beyond natural talent. Talent is natural. Spiritual gifts are supernatural. You know, there's things that I I, kind of grew into being decent at. You know, just naturally, I, that comes natural to me. I just, I'm, I'm good at this. I'm not so good at this. This never really, I never really got good at that. I never, that was never a natural gift to me. You might see somebody, especially in sports, you know, be athletic, but they're just not all that creative in when it comes to music or arts. And then you see someone else who is extremely uh, gifted in arts and creativity, but they're not uh, so good at, at, at sports. And all that to say that naturally we have gifts. And I have some of those gifts, things that I'm just naturally gifted at. But you do not choose your spiritual gift any more than you can choose your natural gift. They come from God. 
They've been delivered to us by God. And they've been specially delivered to us by God. I'm going to show you that. Look at verse 8 of our text. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high. Now who ascended up on high? We sang a moment ago about what we believe. I'm so thankful today that Jesus descended down to earth, but he didn't stay here. He didn't stay dead. He didn't stay in that grave. He rose again. He rose. He ascended up on high. But first he descended. And the Bible says here about Jesus in verse number 8. If you'll notice in our text verse, it says in in verse 8 of of Ephesians chapter number 4. I've got a lot of verses to look at, so... Uh, you, you pay attention, and I'll, I'll be a little slow at times. But wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, Jesus, he led captivity captive. Now, this is a Bible study portion of this message. About three minutes of just good, solid, deep Bible study. Who led captivity? Who, who was he speaking of when he said he led captivity captive? He was speaking of Satan. Satan had this world in captivity. Satan is, is the god of this world and had had conquered, if you will, in many ways. He had uh, conquered uh, the, the perfect creation that God had made. He deceived Adam and Eve. Sin came into the world, and we've got issues. But he led captivity captive. Thank God, Jesus descended from heaven, and when he did, what did he do? He lived a sinless life. He then gave his, his, his life as a sinless sacrifice on a cross at Calvary. He died for the sins of mankind, but thank God, as we saw in baptism, he rose again and ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father, and one day we shall rise again because Jesus set captivity captive. He crushed Satan, he broke the back of Satan, and he gave us an opportunity to be set free. And then what did he do? Well, look at the verse. And gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, verse 9, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And then it goes on to tell us that he gave some apostles and prophets and we'll talk about that next week. But you, uh, you must understand that the spoils of this battle have been delivered to us by Jesus Christ. He has given to all of us gifts, our conquering king. He descended, he ascended, and when he did, he gave men gifts. Each of us have been delivered a gift by Jesus Christ. It's called our spiritual gift. Number two. Not only do I notice, no, want you to notice how these gifts were delivered, and let's give credit where credit is due. Jesus has delivered these gifts to us when he ascended and set captivity captive and has, has given us gifts. But secondly, how are these gifts described in Scripture? What are the gifts? Well, let's kind of dive into that. And we're going to do that by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Would you turn there with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look together at these gifts in scripture what does the bible say here in first corinthians chapter number 12 and verse 4 now these are diversities of gifts but the same spirit these are different gifts but the holy spirit is this is the is the one who is who is giving these gifts and there are differences of administration but but the same lord and there are diversities of operations but the same god which worketh all in all plain english God gave you a spiritual gift, listen, not primarily for your enjoyment, but for your employment. You see, God did not give you these gifts for you to enjoy. God gave you these gifts for others to enjoy, for others to benefit. Look at the next verse. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to the prophet with all. All of us for the common good of the church. God gave you a gift that the entire church would profit from. Can you imagine how much our church is lacking? It's lacking. It's not as healthy as it could be. At times, we, we, we could be borderline a, a good church, a decent church, but one that is not even close to reaching its potential because we've got people that have gifts that aren't using their gifts. So guess what? The church doesn't profit. We don't profit. 
Somebody's got to do it, but it's not people with the gift to do it. So they're doing it, and it's okay, it's decent, but it's surely not being done as well as it could be done. And some are getting burned out because they're doing their gift and five or six other things that they really aren't gifted to do. And others need to do those gifts, but the church struggles and suffers and doesn't, and isn't as healthy as it could be because somebody in the body who's important, who's needed, who could really bless this church and profit this church in ways that are really indescribable. So God gave us all gifts, and each gift profits the body entirely. Everybody is blessed in the entire body of Christ when each one of us is using this spiritual gift. So look, if you would, at 1 Corinthians 12, and let's kind of walk down through this passage, beginning in verse 8. Look at this first one mentioned. For to one is given the spirit, by the Spirit the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. It's the first one in your notes today. That word, what is this word of wisdom? It might be something described like this, supernatural insight into the word of God. It's not talking here about common sense. It's talking about uncommon sense. Supernatural insight. Oftentimes we find that someone gifted with this makes a really strong counselor. Someone who has supernatural insight into the the word of God. That's why we encourage Christian counseling here at Gospel Light. We have a counseling ministry here in our congregational care division of our church. We're uh, led by Elder Doug Gully who has been gifted with, I believe, wisdom to counsel. And many of you know of that gift and have received counsel and have asked others to come and receive counsel. There are others here. I'm thankful that God has given me an opportunity to to counsel others. It's a great great opportunity to to help others where they are through Scripture to get where they need to be. And then there's another gift here described. It's called the gift of knowledge. If you notice here, to another, the word of knowledge. There's the same spirit delivers this gift, the word of wisdom, but then a word of knowledge. This might be the supernatural ability not just to know the things of God, but to apply the things of God. You see, it's not enough just to know what I need to do, but I need to know how I can practically apply it. And so many of us, we we know what we need to do, but we're struggling with that knowledge to know, how do I do it? And so someone is gifted with this word of knowledge. These folks make great leaders. Oftentimes, these are counselors as well. Sometimes you'll see someone with a combination of these gifts, wisdom and knowledge. Other times, it could be just one or the other. But oftentimes, most of the time, you see these as leaders, men who are leading and helping people with their situations and their issues and their questions. And thank God for these people in the church. And then someone is spoken of here who has a gift of faith. Look, if you would, please, there in verse number 9, to another faith. Wow, faith. Wait a minute. How is faith a gift? I mean, we all need faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're saved by faith, right? I mean, anybody here who claims to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, it is by faith that you were saved. Am I right? So every man has faith. Every man has been given faith to believe. But some have a supernatural gift of faith. It's described in the next chapter, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, if you'll read that later, as mountain-moving faith. These are often people who think big things, who do big things. These are people who are visionaries and pioneers. I think of men like, uh, you know, when I think of some of the men that have influenced me, I think of a guy named Jerry Falwell who years ago started a little teeny-weeny Bible college in Lynchburg, Virginia. I mean, it was uh, just a small, little, insignificant college that nobody knew about. But God gave a man this huge vision And now when you drive through Lynchburg, it is Liberty University with over 100,000 students. Wow. God has given to some supernatural faith to think big things. I think about the influence that God has given Brian Houston, who is the founder of a small little Pentecostal church in Sydney, Australia with 30 people. Struggling to, to just even survive. And, 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 but he had a vision. And 30 years later, it's called Hillsong with 
globally, churches all over the world, 100,000 worshipers attend their church and their music has influenced the world. Because one little old guy stuck in Sydney, Australia said, God is going to do something big. Those are two pretty radical examples. But hey, God could be speaking to someone here today. God could be gifting someone with supernatural, a supernatural gift of faith to do something that would be unexplainable by man. But God's given you a dream, something to do for him. Supernatural faith to accomplish it. Wow. It's awesome, isn't it? And then the Bible talks about this gift of healing, undeniable gift of healing. It's here, it's in Scripture. It says, to another, he gives this gift or gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Literally, that word means body, soul, and spirit. Speaking of physical healing at times, psychological healing, but also spiritual healing. And God has given this gift to some. Just the gift of healing. We know in the, in the New Testament, we find that as, 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 as this gift was ministered, it didn't happen often. It wasn't happening all the time. It wasn't uh, a, a very uh, a gift that was you know, seen all the time, every day, at every moment. But it was a gift that at times you would see it. And it would be very special and unique and powerful, a gift of healing. And I still believe in the gift of healing. I believe there's also a gift here <clears throat> mentioned that kind of coincides with healing because it speaks of the gift of miracles. Notice in verse number 10, to another the working of miracles. And I want to say unapologetically that the age of miracles has not left. There is still, we still serve a miracle working God. He still works miracles today. God does the miracles, but there are people gifted with this special gift. And at times we often hear about something that we just can't even explain. We don't, what, that, that was an amazing miracle. Wow. God is still working miracles today. And using people. And then there's this gift of prophecy. Do you see that one next as we work through this passage? It says to another prophecy. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 14.3 on the screen for a moment. And I want you to read this verse with me. This gift of prophecy is best described in this verse. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification. This one who prophesies, here's what this one does. He's gifted at speaking edification and exhortation and comfort. Oftentimes, this is someone who can kind of see into someone's life. And God could speak to them about, hey, I just want to share a word with you. I can see God working. Man, I'm thankful for those who have been given this gift that have often spoken in my life and, and, and spoken some prophetic words into my life. As I've seen God work in my life and some of those things that they've said happen, I'm like, man, thank God for, if you will, for the encouragement that God wants to use me. I love it when somebody walks up to one of our teenagers and says, I see something in you. And I want to share it with you. And you've got a gift. And if you'll let God use it, there's no telling what you could do for God. Our young people need that kind of encouragement, church. They need that kind of encouragement. They're going to listen to someone. And they need to listen to those who God has touched and given a prophetic word to. And we believe that, that these folks who have this gift of prophecy are usually people who hear from God and fire up people for God and encourage people in the Lord. And then there's another gift here called the discerning of spirits. Do you see it there? It says, to another discerning of spirits. There's a lot of wild and wicked spirits in the world today. 1 Corinthians 4.1 speaks into this. Look at it. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. You see, the devil, he, he can work some miracles too. He's got, some, he's got some things he does. that He's got some strange fire that he sometimes likes to, likes to permeate through the body of Christ. And, and so there's someone that God's gifted to discern the spirits, whether they be righteous or whether they be wicked. Beloved, uh, believe not every spirit, but, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And so God is gifted. Those who can discern the spirits. 
We need the spirit of righteousness to discern the spirit of wickedness. And then the Bible speaks next, if you notice again in our passage, to another diverse kinds of tongues. And so this Bible speaks here of tongues. Now in this passage, what? Talking about gifts here, the word tongues literally means languages. That's what it means. Languages. I would not, and I have not, and God has, God has allowed me just to be at peace with knowing that there are some who, who might speak of a, of a prayer language, a, a private language with God, where they, in their private prayer closet, would speak to God in, in a very unique and special way. And I'm not here to question that. Or Listen, whatever is between you and God could be special and unique. It could be some sort of a private prayer language with God. But this passage of Scripture is speaking about when we gather together. Someone could be given this gift of tongues. Tongues are a sign not primarily to believers, but to unbelievers, you see. Think with me for just a moment how the gifts of tongues would work today. If a, if a, if a bus full of Russians showed up to church this morning and, and came in a big bus and, man, piled into this building, 40 or 50 of them, and sat in this very section and all sat to listen this morning, we would be uh, in trouble because I don't speak Russian. But what if God would give me the gift of tongues, the gift of tongues to speak the language of Russia? I step up into the pulpit this morning to preach, and I begin to praise God in a language you know, that they can understand. I don't speak Russian, but all of a sudden, I'm able to speak Russian. Because this is a supernatural gift from God, and I'm speaking in Russian as they begin to understand and hear me praise God, His goodness, His sacrifice on the cross. And they begin to perk up and listen and respond. But there's a problem. You don't understand Russian. And so the Bible then tells us, if you read through that verse, it doesn't stop there. It says, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. So all of a sudden, stands up Chris. Chris Keeney stands up and comes and says, listen, uh, I, I, I don't understand Russian either, but God has supernaturally given me the gift of interpretation. And I'd like to stand and tell you exactly what Pastor Eric is saying in Russian to you in English because you're confused. And, we, and everybody in the body benefits, right? Everybody benefits. If, if a gift is being used, there's nobody confused. There's nobody that's, that's, that's wondering what's happening here. Every, to profit with all. We find a very unusual, well, very helpful passage in chapter 14, verse 23. If therefore the whole church become together in one place, like we are this morning, and all speak with tongues... And there come in one, and those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say, they are mad. It's crazy. God would not give the gift of tongues in another language without the gift of interpretation in the other language. Isn't that beautiful? That's cool. And I've heard of instances and read of instances, miraculous, supernatural giftings of tongues where God has used the gift of of giving a language to someone who doesn't normally know the language so somebody else can hear the gospel and others can also be given the gift of interpretation so others can know what's being said. And no one in the building says, those people are crazy. They just say, wow, God is awesome. So the gift, these gifts, every gift is given to profit the entire body. Now we go back to Romans chapter 12 in closing and we look at a review of these gifts. Because it's time to take some time on a Sunday morning and get really, 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 really practical. Because this is our gathering time. This is the one opportunity that we have as a church family. And, and, and there's, uh, small groups are the best. They're, they're fantastic. This is where we can take things deeper into another level. And, and yet, this is where we are all together in one place. And oftentimes, things need to be explained and exposed in a greater way, right? So let's review those seven basic Christian gifts last week, beginning with the gift of prophecy. Someone who speaks for God. There are those, I believe God's given me this gift, and I love the gift God's given me. I love operating in this gift. I Listen, this morning, you didn't have to get me out of bed. You didn't have to, no need for snooze this morning. I woke up before the alarm went off. I turned the alarm off. I said, you ain't getting me up. I'm too excited. Click. 
I'm good. I tossed and turned for 30 minutes, not because I was having a hard time sleeping. It was just because I was so excited about that stupid thing going off. And finally, I said, I can't wait for it to go off. This is killing me. No joke. That's the truth. This is not like a sermon illustration. This is like real life. <laughs> you ever heard a preacher say that? I'm not preaching. I'm telling the truth. I turned it off. I got out of bed. I mean, I'm wired. I'm just, why? I'm about to operate my spirit. I'm about to get up. Hey, let me, let me show you something. Butch Fry, Jason Ogle. Come on up here, guys. Steven Sellers, come up here. And let me see here. I'm hoping Hunter Simmons is here. Oh, man, it'd be so good if he was here. Hunter, you here? Come on up here, Hunter. You say, what are you doing? That's a kind of a strange group. These guys don't even know what I'm doing right now. Just coming, at, just coming on the platform. Hunter, you have any idea what's going on? No idea. Let me show you something. I'm going to give this to Butch. <clears throat> and just want you to hold it. Jason, you stand right there. Steven, you stand here. Come on, Hunter. Now, you can tell Butch is a little older than Jason. <laughs> By the way, Amen. we're the same age. Amen. <laughs> I'm a little balder than he is, but he's on his way. Okay. So Butch, Butch and I represent the 50 and older crowd. We're both Amen. 50. Yes, sir. And we're getting older. And uh, now Jason, you're probably, what, 30? 30, 36. 36, okay. Jason's in that. He's, he's middle-aged. You know, he's been a pastor before. Uh, he's here serving in our ministry uh, voluntarily. Uh, so that's who Jason is. Ogle, you'll learn. If you haven't met Jason, you need to meet him. He's a great guy. This is Stephen Sellers. Stephen's 22. He's at Champion Christian College. And then Hunter is 12. Now watch this. I know something about all of these guys just because I've been around them a while. Butch, I just want you to share in 30 seconds. Just share something about God. Hand it to Jason. Jason, just share something about the goodness of God. Hand it to Stephen. Share something about the goodness of God. Hand it to Hunter. Share something about the goodness of God. And we're going to listen for a couple of minutes. I'm going to show you something. Go ahead, guy. Well, preacher, I would say when it comes to the gift of prophecy, as a preacher, the thing that he hit on that, that spoke to me this morning is it, it comes from God. As a young man, I would have never thought that I would be a preacher. And I would encourage all the preacher boys here today, if you feel like God's dealing with you about preaching, if you can get away from it, do it. Because if God's calling you to preach, you can't get away from it. That's just a good way to look at that. And I would encourage you to do that. And the other thing I would say is as the gift of prophecy is it's all about preaching this word right here. One of the things God's taught me over the years is, is I don't need to preach my opinion or my philosophy. I just need to preach the words of God. And I'm glad we get that here at Gospel Light. I, uh, I would really just echo what Brother Butch said, is that uh, speaking about God and things of like that, it really goes back to the song that we sang earlier about God being indescribable and unexplainable. And as we are in the Word and as we learn more about God, it's, it's something that you can't stop. It just bubbles up in your heart, and you have to talk about it. And it's the most thrilling thing in the world that you do is to describe it and to talk about it. And uh, I know very much what you're talking about, about getting up on a Sunday morning and nobody having to wake you up and, and being excited to share what God has laid on your heart. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'll just testify. I mean, I moved here two years ago from South Carolina, and that was a big move for me just because just I love my family and I was moving 11 hours away. But uh, since I've been here at the college and Gospel Light, I mean, the opportunities that God's given me here... Um, to use my gift and to use my gift that I didn't even necessarily knew I had, but I did. And, uh, and, and God letting me use that here. And there's so many avenues. I mean, I, I work in the in C4C, Compassion for Children. And we have fifth grade down to kindergarten uh, uh, children. And it's awesome. And, and I get, I have the opportunity to use my gift and speak life into them and, and get them. Not only, it's not like a babysitting thing. We're trying to change the community in their, in their public schools. And so, and so we get to see that personally, but, but what I like to go back to is how it's not a chore. It's not, I don't think of it as a duty because like this song, I believe we say in this service too, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, tis so sweet to serve. It's not a, not tis so horrible and tis so awful. It's awesome. It's a joy to serve the Lord. It's a joy to serve the Lord. Well, uh. I discovered my gift about uh, last year sometime, and God showed me that um, my gift is charity, and I started a charity organization called Hunter for the Hungry, and so we've had uh, two give-outs, and we've passed out probably 30 bags now, so God's really helped me, so thank you.
Amen. Give them all a hand. You can be seated. I want to, yeah, thanks guys. Great job. Now, I didn't tell them what to do. They got up here. Here's what you notice. They didn't look nervous. They just like, you know, talking, sharing, excited. If I called some of you guys up here, you'd be like, no, no. You wouldn't be back next Sunday. You'd be like, I ain't going back to that church, sucker. He allowed to call you up and just ask you to talk. He's lost his mind, you know. Now, point being is I believe each one of these men, whether they realize it or not, God is developing the gift of prophecy in them. I believe that, God, that Hunter will, is a speaker for God. He's a young speaker for God. But you give that boy a mic and he's ready to talk about God. You give Stephen a mic and he won't shut up, as you can see. You give up. I'm joking. You, you, you see Jason and Butch. Just natural. What I'm trying to say is God may be calling someone. And when I say calling, God may be revealing. He's put a gift in you. He's put a gift in you. And that gift is to speak for God. It's not limited to these four men. And there are many men in this room that can do it. I use those four as a way of just showing you visually. God is gifting people here. Look, secondly, at the gift of ministry in Romans chapter 12. And this gift can show up in many different acts of service. Let me just see real quick here. And uh, if, if, all, if you're a deacon in this room and you're in the building today, would you come to the platform real quickly here? You're a deacon. Just step up, come to the platform, join me on the platform. Great. Awesome. I want to introduce you to these men. Now, these men are men who are leading our church in ministry. They've all been given the gift of ministry. Number one, they would have said, uh-uh, I ain't doing that, preacher. You lost your mind. You think I'm going to help in the nursery? Preacher, just go ask somebody else, man. I got, I got other stuff I need to do. No, when these men were asked to be a deacon, they were like, we'd be honored. Which tells me one thing, they got a gift. It's the gift of service. And so what I want to do is just let them take a moment. And when I say a moment, guys, I don't have much time. Okay, don't, 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 don't. Uh, I really don't. Uh, I, got a, we got a, I got a lot more to say here. Not a lot more, but a little more. And uh, so just take about 15 seconds and just tell us you're the deacon of this. And just maybe take a moment and share one or two or one thing. <laughs> one thing about how that gift is already being displayed in the church. All right, we'll start with, we'll start with uh, you, Nathan. Is it on? Is the deacon of the nursery, Pastor. You, you all yeah, yeah. know that. But I'm so thankful for all of our ladies, uh, men and husbands that take part in the nursery. I'm thankful for all, for all of our young people, our children as well. But, boy, we need, need folks to help. But uh, praise the Lord for those that are helping and serving. And it's a, we're looking forward to the next, this next year. Amen. Growing in that. So. And with this message and these messages, we're praying that God would... Reveal to more people yes. that I, I want to work with children in that environment. You can pass the mic to him, and I want to say this. He mentioned his wife. We don't call uh, the wives deaconesses, but we, we like that word. I have no problem believing that God could, could, could gift a woman with her husband to be a deacon or a deaconess. So it is not about, ju- not that a single man couldn't be a deacon without his spouse, but we do believe that God is gifting Wives along with their husbands to be deacons and deaconesses, even though we just call it a deacon here at Gospel Light. All right, Dave, who, what do you do? Uh, my name is David Wilkie. I'm a, the deacon over the Lord's Supper, and I, it was amazing. Last time we had it with preacher, had a whole new way of doing it, and we're going to do it again that way uh, this time, and we're really excited about what God's going to do. Amen. So Dave works with the Lord's Supper. It's an event that happens so often, and people come and help and prepare the Lord's Supper. And we're going to develop that even more. But that's, that's, that's what God's gifted him in service to do. Tony? My name is Tony Thomas. My wife is Marcia. And we help in the treasury department. We take care of the offering, make sure it's secure, make sure it's counted. Everything is accounted for. And try to keep uh, a good accounting of your gifts to God. And then, real quick, Tony, ushers? And then, then the ushers, along with a lot of help there. Right. Um, in, in seating people and, and getting a, the uh, offering to the right place to begin with. Right. Now, as a pastor, I'll be honest, I think we're lacking in this area because we need more help. And we need men. We need men at guarding doors. We need, we need more men available to help pass bulletins out. All that to say, we can't have too many. And that puts more responsibility on Tony, on James Manthe, 
to assist Tony to organize that and to make that stronger and better. But I'm praying that God would call some men to say, I can get to church 30 minutes early. And I can do that. That's not too much of a sacrifice for me. I'm an early riser. I, I want to serve and be in my post. I'm a quiet guy. I'm not, I'm not a guy that needs a lot of, but you give me a spot, you give me a job, and I'll do it well. We need more ushers. That's interesting. All right? Thomas Kemp, uh, Deacon of Benevolence and Hospitality, working with the hospital visits, uh, people following people home, have been able to visit Doug Gully, uh, others. Uh, I know Ras Pittman visits. Uh, frequently people in the hospital, Ras just got out of the hospital. Ras and I didn't visit you. And I apologize for that. <laughs> I just meant to it. And, but you know what? He's awesome. And we have others that visit, Lauren Hoffman, uh, Miss Posey. And uh, it's not, don't feel like you have to, uh, you, you're going to be grossed out or something. Sometimes it's just stepping in a hospital room. There's nothing gross about somebody sitting on their chair or being in bed. And you make it take five minutes to say, hey, we just wanted to let you know we're thinking about you and pray with them. Amen. Awesome. Well done. My name is Randy Outler. My wife is Lynn, and uh, we uh, work with a very special group of ladies in our church, the widows. And uh, they're such a blessing to uh, not only my, myself, my wife, but to this church as well. And it gives us an opportunity to visit with them, talk to them, call them, and you know, on occasion are able to do something for them, uh, possibly at their house. And uh, so it's been a real blessing to us. Amen. Thanks, Randy. Um, hello, my name is Mark Cantrell. I kind of guess I'm the deacon of our vehicles. Transportation. Transportation. I kind of help keep up the vehicles around here and make sure that we just use God's money wisely to keep those going and to operate them efficiently. But also, I'm a bus captain. I drive a bus. And that's really, I have a heart for our bus ministry that reaches our local. And so I'm kind of also the deacon. I guess we're moving in a stage right. where I'll kind of be a deacon over that. And so just... Uh, just looking out for our, our ministry. Amen. Beautiful. My name is Sean Hendrickson, and uh, I'm your deacon over small groups. And uh, just one of the great things about small groups is it's the, one of the most efficient ways that you can grow together, becoming more like Christ, reaching your community, and working together to share the gospel with the world. So if you're interested more about it, man, love to talk to you more about it and what we're doing different. And uh, just thankful for these guys as well that all are super involved in small groups. So. Could you give these guys a big hand? Sean, you stay up here. You guys can be seated. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. Amen. So, first of all, more than likely someone is sitting in our congregation who God is going to want to be a deacon in our church in the next year, two, three. But many of you need to know who these men are so you can walk up to them after church today, tomorrow, next month, sometime in the next few weeks and say, you know... Hey, I, I, I know how to work on buses. I've got some talent there. I'd love to come by your place one day, and I, I can help you with that. Somebody may walk up to Brother Thomas and say, you know, I, I used to be a nurse. I've worked in hospitals, and I'd love to help with that. Somebody may walk up to Nathan and say, you know, I love children. I want to help. This is what these are the leaders, not me. I, I, I'd like to spend more time doing my gift and working on my gift, right? So God has given these, and I'm not saying I don't serve and do some of these things. I do, but... My giftedness is, is not what theirs is, and theirs is not what mine is. And do you see how this works in the body of Christ? It's awesome. Am I the only one excited about that? I love it, man. I love it. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're nervous. What, is, what does this mean? Does this mean I'll have to, to? It doesn't mean you have to do anything. You can take your gift and trash it. You say, you know what? I'm, I know God's gifted me, but I'm not going to do it. I just want to sit here. I want to go to church and just sit. How sad it will be for our church. We'll never be the kind of church we could have been had not you used the gift that God gave you. Then there's the gift of teaching in Romans 12. Sean, I'm going to ask him to say another 30 seconds about just how God has gifted some of you to teach and lead a small group. And you're going to know that over the next so many months with us. And God will, will, will cause you to, to, to rise up from another group and say, I would like to lead another group of disciples in teaching and sharing and facilitating the word, the word of God. Yeah, just as Preacher was saying, we all have gifts. And if the gifts that we have are used to encourage each other so people can see something that we have that they don't, so we can share Christ with them, then your role and your gift is super important to us. And I know he's, he's emphasizing the spirit, of the gift of teaching and 
I think we need, if you love to teach, if you have a passion for teaching, if you have taught, whether it's a Sunday school, a kids group, an adult group, uh, whatever it was, we need you. You know, as we stand at Gospel Light in small groups, we are equipped right now probably to reach just a few hundred. So without you, we can't reach our city. And let me say this too, you don't have to have the gift of teaching to be a small group leader. You can be a facilitator. You can be somebody who has a gift of hospitality that opens their home for a group to meet or a person that has exhortation that can encourage other people to be part of a group. What I'm saying is, if you don't think you're equipped to be a small group leader, come talk to me. We'll talk out where you fit into your part of the small groups because I do believe, with with 100% of my being, believe the best way to reach our city to share the gospel with the world, to change the city upside down, and to, to fulfill the Great Commission is through our small group ministry by living life hand-in-hand, side-by-side with each other, speaking life into each other, and sharing the gospel and that love that we have each other to the world. So if you're interested in knowing more about small groups, what we're going to do here soon, the changes we're going to make, or you're interested in what it takes to start a small group, come see me. I'm going to be in the coffee shop after, after service here. Thanks Great. Richard. Amen. Thanks, Sean. Great job. So that's the gift of teaching. Yeah. All right. Then next is the gift of exhortation. Again, in Romans 12. Last week, remember that? We talked about the gift of exhortation being one where this is one who, who seems to rally the troops. This is one who, when you, when you see this person using their gift, you're like, how do they do that? How do they keep those folks together? How do they keep uh, encouraging people to, to do what they do best? Sonia Chittum has this gift. Sonia Chittum has the gift of exhortation. You don't lead 100 children in music without being able to rally people together. Amen? Has anybody ever thought, I don't know how she does that. I mean, that would drive me crazy. Anybody ever? I know I have. Okay, two of us, good. Two honest people, good. Me and Luke. Thank you, Luke. I'm with you, brother. I'm like, Sonia, you're so good at that. I'm just glad Sonia can do it. She is amazing. She, She has that gift. Coaches have this gift. To be able to coach a team, to keep it together, to keep that team under control. You know, a lot of reasons why I think coaches get fired is they probably shouldn't be coaching. Because coaching is not just winning. Coaching is not just, you know, players playing good and making you look good. Coaching is character building. Coaching is pouring into the life of young people. Coaching is taking guys out after the game and saying, let me, I noticed you didn't play well, but you look like you were discouraged. What's going on at home? Coaching is rallying, cheering people on. I'm saying all that to say the gift of exhortation is a gift that encourages people. And, and it's the ability to cheer people on. I remember, the, I remember I was the poem years ago. I have no voice for singing. I cannot make a speech. I am no good at leading. I know I cannot teach. I am no good at leading. I, I cannot organize. And anything I write would never win a prize. But at the roll call in the meetings, I always answer here. And when others are performing, I lend a listening ear. And after the program is over, I praise its every part. My words are not to flatter. I mean them from my heart. It seems my only talent is neither big nor rare, just to listen and encourage and to fill a vacant chair. But all the gifted people could not so brightly shine were it not for those who used a talent such as mine. You see, your giftedness may just mean God wants you to spend a good majority of your time at Gospel Light encouraging people. And rallying people to do the work of God. Then there's the gift of giving. And we talked about last week, uh, men in our church, women in our church, people, families, husbands and wives who have the gift to make money. And oftentimes they spend more time at the workplace. You'll find sometimes these folks are not as readily available to do ministry inside the church. But because God has gifted them to make money outside the church. But God has also gifted them to, to give and help the ministry in ways that... That could not be done. And so they have the ability to make money and to give money. And they have that gift and they love it. And then there's others that have the gift of ruling. And this is in Romans 12. Last week, the seven basic gifts. Ruling, meaning it could be a man. It could be a lady. But these are people who are good leaders. These are organizers. Folks that can... can these, what I would say, would be our elders at our church. Men who can help lead our church spiritually. Others who can organize events and help to be a facilitator of other servants in the ministry, leaders, rulers in the church. And then the gift of mercy, number seven. The gift of mercy. You know, Raz did just get out of the hospital, and so he's walking with a little bit of a hump. If you notice, he, Raz is not Raz right now. He's, he's, he's half Raz. <laughs> he's not got his razzmatazz. 
But when Raz gets that Raz back, Thomas is right. Raz has the gift of mercy. Raz doesn't want anybody to be forgotten when they're hurting. Shirley has the gift of mercy because Shirley retired from her job, right, Shirley? She said, I'm, I'm done. But then she said, but that just gives me more time to visit and preacher, anytime you know somebody, anytime you know somebody that needs a visit or that needs me to run to the grocery store and pick them up a prescription or something like that, preacher, if, if I can help somebody that's hurting, just give me a call. And so she spends all week long looking for those opportunities. You say, man, I don't think that way. I don't know. I don't, that's just, I'm, no problem. You may not have that gift. I think someone else who has this gift, the gift of mercy, I wrote down this name, I wrote down, Bucky Robinson. You have that gift, Bucky. Yeah, Bucky, uh, a lot of times he'll drive by the church in his truck and have somebody I've never seen on the, in the passenger seat. Hey, preacher, you want to go to Jackson House and have a bologna sandwich? <laughs> I'm like, Bucky, I don't like bologna. Bucky says, ah, that's what they're serving today at Jackson House. I'm taking this person. You want to go with us? He, he don't mind picking up people and bringing them to Jackson House and hanging out with them for a couple of hours. In fact, if I ever have somebody that's homeless or struggling and needing someone just to hang out, I know I can call Bucky, and Bucky won't say, you know, preacher, I'm sorry, I'm watching a television show. No, preacher, I'm sorry, I got, I got other things to do that are more important than that. No, Bucky all of a sudden says, if it's an act of mercy, it's more important than anything else I'm doing right now, because that's my gift. And so he's a gift of mercy, and there's others. I use these to just simply illustrate We're about to find out what our gift is. And God is going to reveal these things to us as we continue to study how these gifts were delivered, how they were described, the next week, how they can be developed. And so in closing, back to Ephesians 4, just one more time, and we're done. But Ephesians 4 reminds us that we are not excluded, but unto every one of us is given grace, is given a gift and it's delivered by Christ. And it's described in the Bible. And so what we need to do now is begin to pray. Holy Spirit, what's my gift? You've already given it to me. I had this jacket. I mean, it was mine. I, I just didn't know I had it until yesterday. And now, guess what? It's my jacket. You can't wear it. It's a gift given to me by my family. And I get to wear it. It's my gift. But my spiritual gift, I like to share it with you every Sunday. Oh, it's my gift, but everybody gets to enjoy it. Actually, I hope you enjoy it more than I do. Because God didn't give it to me for me. God gave it to me for you. And I want to use it to make my body stronger. Because I love you. And I'll study and I'll work these messages. And I'll keep pastoring and using my gifts. Because I want my body to be strong. I don't want to have a weak church. I don't want to present this church to God as a half-hearted church where just a few people did all this. I want everybody in this body to share their gift with each other. Every head bowed and every eye closed. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed.